DJ Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side War between good and evil, watching our fists collide Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride Flags waving all around, pages full of pride This is where we make a stand, no more give or take They want to use violence on Americans We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace Enough with tyranny We come to take our country back For all citizens White, red, brown, or black Return it to a form of glory Fix the bloody crack On the crown Fetch it down It's going down She warned me that this day would come I'm like my father, go to combat with the blazing guns I survived that, then I came back, took the place I'm from To face off all these haters and the battle in the place I love You can't break me down, I'm indivisible You still see my raps if I was invisible That pepper spray tastes like chicken Welcome friends, family, patriots. I am your infamous host, Joseph Thomas, also known as Pi Anon. Welcome to episode 18 of Freedom Unchained. We have somebody that you're going to hear from that makes Tucker Carlson look like a clawless kitty. He has been diving head deep into researching the videos and footage of January 6th in its raw format, not having to wait on Kami McCarthy, but having it directly from the sources. And he has amassed a collection of videos much larger than anybody else has. And you're not going to believe the stuff that he sees. So you want to hear exactly what happened on that day. You want to know exactly what happened with January 6th and the lies that are being told and the real truth that is being covered up by the mainstream, lamestream propaganda media. You're not going to want to miss this. All right, family, I am here with a man that I have admired, respected, looked up to, and tried to emulate every step of the way since I've been arrested in January 6th, Mr. Dave Summerall of StopHate.com. Many of you may know him from his documentaries and his uh, wonderful research that he's been doing with January 6th. The uh, Actually, how I came across Finding Dave was his writing history. It's R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, history. Um, I saw it on YouTube of all places, and then he came out with Bloody Hill, which is just a tearjerker, but it shows a true perspective of what happened on January 6th. And uh, if you have not seen them, folks, I definitely recommend going out and checking it out. Get you some popcorn, but fair warning, you might lose a couple nights sleep because it is raw and true about what happened in the injustices of January 6th. Dave, we are truly honored to have you here with us today of Freedom Unchained. Um, welcome to the show. 
man. It is so good to be here, my brother. And listen, that was a, a very uh, beautiful introduction. Well overplayed, man. Thanks. I owe you money for that one. But no, I appreciate that, man. The, the, the movies have been, uh, you know, stand alone. And that's a God thing. I'm a carpenter from East Texas, man. I just went to J6 like everybody that answered the call to do that. And, and I fell into a position to where... You know, God said, be here and do this and do that. And, and here's what I'm giving you. And I want you to tell people. So that's the, 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 the basis for, for this story. I'm sure people will find, you know, pretty interesting. Well, you say you're a carpenter by trade. And I know that you fund a lot of your endeavors out of your own pocket, even paying other people to, uh, to help keep your organizations running of uh, Stop Hate. Kind of give us some background of, of who you are and how Stop Hate became stophate.com you got it brother well i was uh we'll start at birth for this one because i never do that um i was adopted when i was born yeah i guess a couple months old something and and uh by uh the best people in the world you know my dad's a preacher and uh, my mom's the perfect preacher's wife and uh grew up in the church i uh, had a you know a good christian upbringing and and of course, as all good preachers' kids do, I ran from it as hard as I could for as long as I could. Um, you know, did all the things to try to kill myself that normal people do. Um, the party and the whole nine. And, uh, you know, got married. And, and actually, my, my wife at the time was pregnant with my son. And we watched the L.A. riots unfold on television. And I'm sitting there on the couch with my wife and one of my friends like... What can we do to, to keep this from spreading, to, to keep this from, you know, how can we help the people in California? Can we donate money? That won't put the fires out. Can we go break up the fight? Probably not. Probably get hurt. You know, you just got to let it burn out sometimes. And, and then I thought, well, prevention, you know, if we can prevent this from happening again, because, you know, the L.A. riots were based on a little piece of film that showed Rodney King getting beaten down by police and of course, the film doesn't tell you he's high on PCP and just went 100 miles an hour through a neighborhood and put everyone in danger and wouldn't go down and wouldn't go down. And But, you know, through the court case with that, the police were acquitted and uh, the media had stoked the flames of division and hatred and labeled, you know, the fact that every black hated every white and every white hated every black. They're trying to do the whole segregation thing again. And you know, not everybody plays that. I don't try to use hate as a first response. So I thought, you know, stop hate. Four letters on top, four letters on bottom makes a square. It's pretty easy. And and I thought, you know, what about an acronym? And that's a long acronym, but it's it's really simple. It's start turning off prejudice, heal attitudes through education. And and you know, in a nutshell, we just need to start somewhere and and the prejudging each other based on ignorance and and heal the attitudes because it is an emotional thing and and you know the education part is communication and conversations that we're having like right now to learn about each other and not live in fear and, and hatred it's just a it's kind of cliche man but it would make the world a better place if we just didn't hate each other so much we know that so fast forward you know i took the clan the kkk on in the 90s uh, louis farrakhan nation of islam black panthers i did a little bit of everything and uh, kind of cut my teeth and we got so many death threats and back then there was no internet so all i had was an 800 number 1-800 stop hate <laughs> and 
And I started getting all these phone calls, man. We're going to kill your family. We're going to burn your house down. We know where you live. I mean, they're calling my home, leaving on my answer machine. They weren't scared. And I thought, you know, I got a new kid and my wife, and, you know, they didn't sign up for this. And I'm just going to do little local things and try to, you know, affect my neighborhood, my community and be positive and kind of try to stay middle of the line because I don't need people attacking me and my family and burning my house down and killing them, you know. So just kind of rode that for years. And yeah, it's always been a glorified hobby. It's not a business. I've never tried to make it a big brand or anything because it's just a mission. It's something that I can give wristbands out in my neighborhood that say help stop hate and people get it. They like it and uh, put a little website up for some information. We try to do community programs for school age kids, but in the 90s, you know, nobody really they like their hate. You know, hate is is a useful tool for them. That's how they make their money sometimes. So that never really caught on. We never did. But we came up to the uh, Trump era and I got involved with demand free speech uh, rallies all over the country. We were doing the censorship awareness issues and the the social media banning, deplatforming, but also the Airbnbs, the financial institutions. And this was way before Mike Lindell got his account taken down and way before Michelle Malkin couldn't stay in an Airbnb. We were out with Laura Loomer and Gavin McGinnis and Ali Alexander and all these people telling people all over the country, hey, demand free speech. And if we don't get ahead of this, they're going to take all our, our, you know, our rights away. So in doing that, I met a lot of people, the Proud Boys, the, you know, the circles that are the ones that are involved now in January 6th, really. Um, you know, Ali was the, the organizer for the Stop to Steal rallies. I saw him in Austin uh, at the very first Stop to Steal rally. And, and we've been friends for years, Ali and I. And uh, so I knew he was going to be at the event. I was at a separate event and I called him. I said, hey, I see you're going to be in Austin. So I'll, I'll meet you at your thing when we're finished. And as I walked up, Alex Jones was speaking. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to video this. You know, I'm like a, a novice. I'm good to work my camera. So I'm filming Alex Jones and, and, and Ollie says, psst, psst, David, David, come here, David. I was like, what, what? He said, come here, come here. So I worked my way up to the front. I said, what's up? And he said, you're speaking after Alex Jones. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, and if you want to keep doing Austin, I'm going to move on to other states and, and organize. I said, okay. So I spoke after Alex said, hey, everybody come back next week, bring a friend. And we kept doing those Stop to Steal rallies for the rest of the year until um, the big D.C. event. And I, I didn't want to go. And I was I was done after all those. We did them all in Austin. did a couple in Dallas as well. So running back and forth every weekend. I was tired. I was broke. And I had a house full of COVID patients and my new puppy dog. And I didn't want to leave. And I was like, y'all go without me. Have a good time. But God put it on my heart through all my friends. They kept saying, David, are you going to go? You know, you need to go. You're, you've been doing this for so many years. It's kind of like the culmination of your work. And you know Antifa and BLM better than anybody. You've been doing these rallies all over the country. You understand. And I really thought, well, you know, I'm just not a huge Trump fan. I've, I've never gone to a Trump rally just to go to a Trump rally. I have to have an ulterior motive. I mean, I voted for the guy. I think he did some great things, but I've never worn a Trump hat or a Trump shirt or carried a Trump flag. That's just not my thing. I don't, I don't worship men. So I thought, well, I probably should go just for cover, just to, you know, document history. So I 
called one of my friends in Dallas. Said, Do you want to go? He said, yeah. I called a friend in Tennessee. Do you want to go? Yeah. My friends in the Carolinas were like, yeah, we're going. So we drove across the country and picked people up on the way. And we all went up there and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful story the way this all works, but we literally spread out to film in different places from different areas. And what we captured was beyond what we had expected. You know, it was the carnage. It was the death. It was things that other people weren't talking about after the day that we had details and video of. And, you know, I said, we have to make a film. We have to. And everybody said, okay, let's do it. And, uh, the second question out of their mouth was, how much does it pay? <laughs> I thought, man, you know, it's it's coming off a of winter. I do outside construction. I'm, I'm in my slow season or my dead season. And I just did all these rallies and I'm broke and I'm tired. And we just got back from DC and I've got all these sick people and we'll just wait. You know, the time's not right. And uh, I got active immediately with the J6 defense but the movie was weighing heavy on my heart and a friend of mine called and said hey i talked to these guys at the red pill expo g edward griffin dan happel and they want somebody that'll talk on j6 i told them you're the expert i thought well that's that's cool i'll talk to them so we have probably as you know pi the, the biggest collection of january 6 footage probably on the planet i mean just in the public side we we collect everything we can we shot a lot we've got all our friends footage and and like i said everything that's been accessible we've tried to drop a link on our site for research so i talked to these guys and they said yeah come speak at this event and i thought well this is a good opportunity to make this movie because i've got 45 minutes to talk and i don't want to talk the whole time it's hard and uh I'll just say, hello, my name's David, watch my film. And then when it's over, I'll say, thank you very much. Go to my, uh, my website. So I made this film, it's 37 minutes long. And it's just a chronological order. Starts the day before and crams the entire January 6th event into 37 minutes. And I, I submitted it before the event. And I said, okay, it's ready to go. And they watched it and they were in shock and not the good kind that you hope for <laughs> they were saying David we can't show this at our event and I thought what are you talking about this is the red pill it's all about truth right yeah but David there's way too much violence in language we got kids in the crowd I'm like well I didn't know you had kids but I was pretty upset that they said they wouldn't show it and and so it was the language you know there's a lot of f-bombs people were you know very angry and uh then they said something that really struck me they said you didn't do anything to protect MAGA and I said well no you're you're right I didn't because that's not what this is about this is about history and truth and if you're going to learn truth you have to see the whole story and then figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are. you can't just protect people because you think or you believe because we'll be wrong I can't do that so I put it out and they almost kicked me out of the event and, and I was able to salvage with a powerpoint so it didn't have the language that I showed still pictures and explained the whole documentary and God is so good because that was a much better presentation for the people. Plus he gave us the video of the explanation of the movie. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And through the conversation, I was able to talk to the crowd about things that I saw that weren't in the movie, like the FBI activity. So we actually broke all the deaths stories, the FBI, Antifa, you know, early on with that film and, you know, it was in an attempt 
to get ahead of the narrative. You know, it's like a press release. Whoever gets their press release out first, you know, influences the public the most. It seems, and and、uh, God just had His hand all over the making of that movie, and then the whole story around it, and then Bloody Hill. Was a you know conglomeration. It was me and Trinis and Juan Osaven, Trinis Evans,、uh, Condemned USA, and Juan Osaven, and we just、uh, got with Andrew Mullinax, the best director, and and he he filmed us in one day, just a couple of hours, did our little interviews,、uh, no script. We just had you know basic questions that we figured up when we were there. I mean, we all met and decided what we would call it, decided the storyline basically, and. And、uh, just sat down for candid interviews, and, and then Andrew stitched that all together while my crew was taking all our evidence that we had already accumulated. This is how we did this film so fast, and so my team's putting the clips together that are going to be inserted into the conversations that Trinis, myself, and Juan had with the audience. Basically, it's it's a one-on-one kind of interview, three of us and. So we put that out in a month, and people are like, "How did you do that?" So there's a God thing. I mean, we literally met, and four weeks later had this film, and it's Netflix quality, and it's hour and a half, and it's it's amazing. And and when I say standalone for both of these films, it's because we didn't try to put a spin on what we saw, what we experienced, and the truth. It will never change, and they've stood the test of time so far. I believe they'll continue to do that. Now we made some minor mistakes in the first film. Uh, Benjamin Phillips, for example, we thought that Benjamin Phillips was pushed off the wall. That ended up being Derek Vargo, and he lived, but he looked dead. Listen, the witnesses that were down there on the ground said they thought he was dead. Never flinched, never moved. He was so deep in shock, and、uh, so they carried him away on this barricade. And of course, the government said Benjamin Phillips was never a part of the deal or all that stuff. We found him later, a year later, in the footage, and.、Uh, We put the five death article out in January of 22, so it took us a year to get all the details on the deaths. We got witnesses, we've got videos. We do need to update one of the stories in there. We get more details on these things all the time, and it, and it's amazing to see the level of censorship on all this material. Now people come out with this Roseanne story, and it's like we broke this 20 months ago, 21 months ago. And it's taken this long for our people to even get a glimpse at what justice for them might look like in this system that they're stuck in, and that's that hope we always talk about. You know, we had to keep supporting them and writing them letters and helping them financially, and it's just been a labor of love, man. I've got guys on my crew that are J Sixers as well, of course, and、uh, one of them serving nine months right now. Another one just left today for a week in jail. Uh, I've got the third one that's still waiting on his sentencing. They say between six months and a year, possibly. And these are journalists. These are guys that went in with their cameras. They never hit a policeman. They never broke a barricade. They might have got shoved in a door or went with the shove or whatever to get what they got, but they weren't the bad guys. And for them to be jailed and you know in prison, their their families tortured for you know two years plus. That it's it's unbelievable. And I don't think that everybody grasps. You know, you think if you go to prison and you're put in prison, you're probably going to deserve prison food and prison treatment. But that's after you've been convicted and sent to prison. These guys are still in pre-trial detainment for two years, being tortured in solitary confinement. All these horrible, 
horrible conditions and they've never even been to trial yet. That's the part that should really infuriate people because that's not the way we do things here. I can't imagine getting in trouble for something and sitting in jail for two years until they finally decide to give you a trial. And some of these guys, like we know it's over two years. Some of them is going to be next year before their cases get before the judge. And it's, it's unexcusable and it's criminal. And I think the more eyes, the better on this story, because as we've said from the beginning, sir, it's us first. We're the guinea pigs. We're the test market. And right now they're just trying to figure out how much will the American people take? How much carnage? How much destruction? How much torture? Let's see what their limit is before they snap and break and get violent because that's their goal for us is violence and we don't want that we're anti that and they're trying to uh, label us as these horrible people and convince the other side that we did terrible things to police to a building terrible terrible people but we're not and then we reach out to the other side and say hey guys we would never do that trust me Oh, yeah, but you killed a cop. You killed all these policemen. There are five of them now. The number keeps growing of how many people they say we killed that day. But the truth of the matter is, no police were killed that day. None. Zero. Not one. Sicknick died the next day from a stroke. And the four people that died that day were innocent protesters that did not deserve that kind of capital punishment on the spot assassination at the discretion of the Capitol and the Metro Police. That's not the way this is supposed to work. And yet it's been covered up by this government. So these stories, I mean, I know that they're coming around now in the public and, and everyone's getting to see Q Shaman. That's a great story for people to get their feet wet on. But that really comes back to the attorney being such a criminal. People still aren't getting the full story on the ins and outs of these things. And that's the propaganda. That's the drip from the media that you never hear the main media sources talk about Kevin Greeson or talk about Benjamin Phillips or talk about Roseanne Boylan. They've only talked about Ashley because they've had to. And, and the more pressure that we put on them to tell the truth and tell it all, the whole story, to exonerate these people, this exculpatory evidence, this Brady violation material, it's there. And, and I've been looking at the database for over a year as an investigator for these attorneys. And I'm telling you, the things that are in there that we witnessed that the public is unaware of is the the things that will set us free because it shows a different mood it shows who attacked who all people are shown right now is the middle of the fight and you can't tell who started that and, and i guarantee it wasn't the people and when the truth is known I, I hope that we can all remain peaceful but i'm telling you people are going to be so mad so infuriated that they've been supporting these politicians monetarily through their taxes for all these years just to be set up into a place like this by them against us yeah that needs to stop brother yeah they're definitely using taxpayer dollars to go after tax dollars and they use the patriot act to arrest patriots they use the national defense authorization act to destroy our nation's sovereignty Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has uh, been part of their playbook to name things the opposite of what they're going to do, or at least what they're supposed to be intended for. I'll bring a little perspective into my audience. You know, we have a lot of J6ers on here. We get them to share their stories and mm -hmm. kind of help educate the public. But 
you know, you have no skin in the game as far as criminal charges. Like you're not a January 6th defendant. You're not been charged even though you were at January 6th filming, correct? So far, so good. Now the FBI has been to my house multiple times. They did not beat my door down and they did not throw flash bang grenades into my neighborhood. They did not hold my family at gunpoint. As a matter of fact, the first time they came to the house, I answered the door in a towel because <laughs> I don't know how many people have had an opportunity to do that. I suggest you do if you ever have a chance. It's invigorating. And uh, so I answered the door in a towel and I was like, hey guys, just got out of the shower. And they said, that's cool. Take your time and, and we'll talk to you here. Uh, just go get ready and we'll be out here waiting. I said, okay, good. I said, all right. I said, let me ask you one question real quick. They said, what's that? I said, who are you with? They were like, the FBI. I said, that's what I thought, slam. You know, and so I went and got ready. But anyway, I've had him at my table. I've had him in my house twice. I had my attorney on the phone the second time as the witness and as the, you know, the guy that's going to hear what they say. And he asked them directly if I'm a person of interest. And they said, I am not. But, you know, the FBI can change that like we change clothes. Anyway, they uh, they had a lot of questions about citizen journalism. And, and what that means. And they didn't realize at first that when they came to my house, I said, y'all do realize you have my employee in jail right now, right? And they said, who? I said, Daniel Goodwin. No, we didn't realize. So there's not that intercommunication. They don't know the story like you or I do, brother. They don't know the players like you and I do. They don't know how everything's, you know, connected and, and all the fibers that tie us all together. So, you know, I told them, I said, you do realize that, that my buddy's on the spectrum, right? And they're like, no i said yeah that explains a lot so you've been torturing somebody so it's not like they didn't know from the beginning that they were doing this and that's the thing they thought that my footage that i had on my social media from on top of the scaffolding and on top of the building they thought it was my footage it was actually his footage because he helps us with the social media and he had downloaded his stuff now we never saw each other that day. I didn't think he was going to make it. He had been calling, man, I'm driving all night. I'm trying to get there. I said, dude, just park it and sleep somewhere. It's not that big a deal. You're not going to miss anything. I told him that. I told him that straight up. You're not going to miss anything. And he got there late. All the fences were down. All the barriers were down. Cops are waving people in everywhere. So he walks right in, walks right up to the top. There's a door open, people going in and out. So he walks over there and sticks his head in and people walking around in there. So he walks in, looks around and the guy sees him and says, hey, and he talks to him for a second. And then this cop says, hey, you can't be in here. He's like, ah, oh, whatever, you're an oath breaker. And he leaves. Literally, he just said, hey, take his number, whatever. He's an oath breaker. And he walks back out the door. 20 plus years. I mean, come on, guys. This is, this is the corruption at the highest level aimed at its own citizenry and if we stand for this for them they're not going to stand for it for us you see what i'm saying i mean this is all in if you don't believe me just go to your school board meeting and say i hate crt and i think you should quit and see who knocks on your door yeah a lot of families have under understood that pain when the department of homeland security labeled them uh, domestic terrorists and they're on no fly lists and the fbi's arresting and raiding them all because they stood up for their children's education that's right that's right. They're oh, on the same list. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, give us a little bit of insight to that day. You've been researching video and, and you have, like you said, you've amassed a collection much greater than most of the public uh, can even comprehend. And you have been studying it rather intimately. 
Yeah. What are some extremely notable uh, points through that day that many people might not understand? Well, I think the most important, you know, now we could go over the details and the witnesses of each and every death, and I can disprove the medical examiner saying that the two men just had heart attacks and that the girl died of a drug overdose. One man may have died of just a heart attack, but the other one was a concussion grenade. And the woman wasn't a drug overdose, as we've all seen the Roseanne Boylan story by now. She was CS gas trampled and beaten by Metro Police Officer Lila Morris. We could go through all those. I think the most important, though, maybe the Brian Signick story because it's such a lie. But I think the beginning, you know, nobody sees the beginning. Nobody knows how it started. Nobody was at the front gate with me, with the camera. Go. I was there before the front gate went down. I was filming Ray Epps as he stood at the front gate. So um, the perspective matters so much in this. And when we put our first documentary out, we had synchronized film. So I would have three different angles of the same scene from three different photographers. And, and we would put them all on the screen at the same time and synchronize it where it's, you know, together, but different perspectives. Because if you're at the front of the line, you're going to see one thing. If you're even in the middle, looks totally different. If you're in the back, you're just along for the party. It's a totally different experience. And I wanted people to be able to see, and it's a study film, you know, writing history. I mean, it's a stop and rewind and go back and look and go back and look. And it's fun to do that because you can see so much detail. But I think that we'll just go over a couple of the timestamps for people to understand how fast this progressed and what happened in the first hour and a half. So at 12.55, the first gate push happened. That's actually the second gate. There was another gate before that, that people pushed their way through. There were no police at it. It was the bicycle racks and it was just there. It was like a perimeter fence. And it was as if they enticed the crowd to say, look, this is all it is. You can take that apart. So they did. And I want people to understand if those five or six policemen that were across the grass there across the steps, if they had simply said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? There is a report of explosive devices at the RNC and DNC. We suggest that you don't come on the property until we sweep it for pipe bombs. And I think everybody would have probably stayed outside the grass. But they didn't take that opportunity to warn the public. They let the public go into a very dangerous area unknowingly. So at 12.55, they pushed through that first. It was the most peaceful gate push I've ever seen in my life. One police lady tripped and fell backwards and hit her head. And that's the fault of the police for not giving her a helmet. If she had a helmet on, she'd have been fine. That's not our fault. The guy that pushed her down by accident helped her up too. Ryan Samsel, that's a very important little part of the story. If he had done that with intent, I don't think he would have helped her back up. But anyway, so they pushed through the first gate at 1255. Benjamin Phillips fell at 102 at the front before any of the real fighting took place. At 107, the people are at the front already. They're lined up across the front at 107. They came in the gate, they walked to the front. They're standing peacefully chanting. And you can hear people on the megaphone saying, please don't shoot us. We mean you no harm. 
And the reason they're saying that is there's guys up on this this balcony with these paint guns. It looks like paint guns. It's really the pepper spray guns and the rubber bullet rifles. You know, the it's amazing. So they're seeing these people up there and they're saying, please don't shoot us. Please don't spray us. We mean you no harm. And about that time, the first policeman shoots Joshua Matthew Black in the face with a rubber bullet and put a hole through his cheek, which bled terribly. And he's got this rubber bullet sticking out of his cheek. And he's spitting water out his mouth through that hole, trying to clean it. There's blood all over the floor. Ryan Sampson starts wrapping gauze around his head. Ryan's getting mad. He's the guy that accidentally pushed the police lady down in the beginning. Now he's right there next to this guy that just got shot for no reason. And he's a kind of a hothead. He's getting heated. And then you've got Sullivan over here. He sees the blood. He's a, a, a combat vet. He starts going crazy seeing all this blood. These cops just shot somebody for nothing. They're all standing there saying, please don't shoot us. We're just here to redress our pal. And then you've got Claglin over here approaching the cops saying, look at what y'all did. Look at what y'all did. And this one cop grabs Claglin's arm and falls backwards and pulls Claglin on top of him. I don't know if the cop tripped and grabbed his arm trying to save himself or if he just did it for show. But that started this conflict of push, pushing and shoving with the police and the shields. And it looked terrible. So that's at 107 when black gets shot in the face by 117 the police are spraying this crowd with with pepper spray excessive amounts spraying peaceful protesters that are standing there the metro police jumped over the capitol hill police to beat people in the head that were praying with their eyes closed standing at the front line i've got it all on video by 121 the police are throwing grenades into the crowd and shooting grenades into the ground with grenade launchers. They're not made to shoot at people. Listen, I've got reports of the medic records uh, of the recording saying, you know, grenade shot to the face, teeth missing. I've got this one where this lady, they said, female patient, lacerations to her head, lacerations to her arm, bleeding controlled who goes to a peaceful protest to be attacked by the police to the point where you need direct pressure to keep from bleeding i mean this is what happened to these people so the police attacked this crowd for over an hour until it was finally declared a riot area by the police who were doing the violence and you can see over and over in these films there's no confrontation from the people to the police, the people only react to the devastation from the police. They are beating on old men and women. And you hear guys in the crowd saying, get the women and children back. Now, look, we didn't go to fight, but we're also not the flight people. So, you know, we're there to be heard. We're there to make our statement. We're there to, you know, do what we're supposed to do. And you're attacking us. So I want people to understand that in the first few minutes the whole mood changed from let's go and make our voices heard to literally they're killing us 121 the grenades 
This is where Kevin Greeson went down and the crowd's trying to do CPR on him. They're trying to carry his body. They're trying to get help from the police. Same as Benjamin Phillips just a few minutes earlier. They're still over there trying to give him CPR, trying to get a medic to come, trying to get the police to help while the police stand in shock and awe watching their fellow fellow policemen attack these people and then joining in on it. Not all of them, but enough. So I want people to understand the size of the crowd was so big and the size of the police force was so small. Everybody's admitted that they were underprepared, understaffed, under-equipped. Their plan was bad. They had too many people on the second shift. Whatever, they were outnumbered. And the only people that controlled that crowd was the crowd. Because we could have done terrible things. If we had wanted to, we could have killed every single person there. We could have taken the building apart. We could have done anything we pleased because there were plenty of numbers. There were plenty of us. We just never had that intention. That's not who we are, but that's who our government on both sides wants everyone to think that that group of people that did that thing could be bad folks or they would be defending us knowing full well that that's actually not what happened we were the good guys we were the good guys and i think the more that this story is allowed to go on the more people are realizing that waking up it's not our time it's god's time and we would have rather had this you know when it first started please don't hunt us please don't come after us please don't put us in prison in solitary confinement don't don't torture my family i mean you think about this guys two years plus can you go two years without seeing your dog how how old is your dog how how, how long is your dog gonna live how long is your dog's life how much of that life did they just steal from you just with your pet now multiply that times your family and and see what our government is doing to people that they know full well 100% that these people are innocent yeah it's uh an absolute travesty and i definitely counted up to god's grace that the men that have been locked up in dc for 2 years without seeing the faces of their loved ones have oh. finally been awarded the ability to have you know periodic visitations that to me was a huge win because they had been gone for yes. so long um, without seeing or, or being able to have a hug or you know I, I say this before but I'll, I'll say it all the time one reason that I'm you know when I was arrested I was awarded bond one reason that I have been using what little bit of freedom I have to promote their stories and to push them um, into the forefront is you know cuz i could be like a lot of other j6ers that worry like i don't want to say anything that's going to jeopardize my case or whatever and just kind of sit quietly in the background but i realized that you know god gifted me this bit of freedom when my kids are freaking out my wife is freaking out that's right because they're worried i can still give them a hug and be like hey it's going to be okay <laughs> whenever i have a moment where I'm, you know, on my weakness or I fall into the pit of despair because you know I'm human. My family can come up and give me that embrace and and encourage me to be able to see their faces and that's right. still kiss my kids goodnight, you know. That's something that they don't have and they don't have a voice and for the longest time nobody was out there fighting for them. Nobody was reporting on them. They they felt lost and forgotten and abandoned because they were so completely isolated in solitary confinement, getting beaten and maced and just That's right. unsanitary conditions. And so, you know, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I if I didn't do anything. 
and it's patriots like yourself that have been out here from the very beginning screaming from the rooftops trying to educate the public and pushing out the the facts no narrative no spin you say look here's a video you decide for yourself yeah and you can't you can't argue with that because no. the media doesn't show any of it they skip to the points that fit their narrative you gave it from the very beginning even when your own group was like well hey you're not doing anything to protect maggie and you're like that's not what this is about this that's is right. about see it you decide for yourself and you know i truly believe that we are on the right side of history and using the term writing history to title your documentary is perfect by the way because we are on the right side of history here that's right. Well, and I want people to understand, you know, Tamara Lee, one of my editors and writers, good friends, fellow J6er as well. She said, David, that writing history, she said, writing is a verb and it's ongoing. It's still going. I said, well, Tamara, I know. I said, that's why on the, the whole title of the movie, it says writing history, the journalistic battle of January 6th. And then at the bottom says rages on because look, two plus years later, the same journalistic battle it's it's is the capital press is the capital media the eyes and ears of the riot or are the people the rally goers with their cameras the eyes and ears of the protest see riot from their side protest from our side so it's that perception thing again and and, and you can't be any more spot on brother we need to give these people hope i've from day one and i understand that you know, it's a desperate situation. I personally can't imagine when the FBI came to my house, man. And, and seriously, you, you wonder about that every day anyway. You know, anybody bangs on the door, you're going to jump. And, and it's just, and, but if you get past six in the morning, you think, hey, I got another day. You know, and, and that's people, they don't understand the level for these children and the damage that this does to them for the rest of their lives and generationally even. I mean, this is like a a curse from our government on these families that, that will follow them. The social terrorism is so real, but the fear of is, is what's really driving these J6ers uh, to do horrible things to themselves. We've had, you know, multiple suicides outside the jail system, and we're just trying to be that light in the dark and, and offer that hope and that place and that support to say, we're building a bigger family and look, God's not going to waste our pain. This is all pain with a purpose. And, and we're still understanding what that is. We're still growing into our roles that we've been given, that we've accepted in this time. And, and you know, everybody that's saying, you know, I was born for a time like this and I, I was made for this. I was built for this. I, you know, this is my thing. And all the things in my life have brought me to this place if you can relate to that out there if you can identify with that out there if you're hearing that and it sounds familiar like dude i just said that yesterday you're part of that family you're part of that team and and i think that you know what's obvious about j6ers at this point is just like in the beginning we never surrender we never give up. We fight for what's right. We fight for what's godly. We fight for justice. We never bend the knee to tyranny. And, and look, to show up in the right place at the right time on January 6th, that, that's an accomplishment. To get that many people active and motivated and out. And now the same government's trying to take all those people 
and eliminate them from society, take their votes, take their bank, take their electronic abilities, take their Airbnbs, their travel, quad S, you got to get the pat down every time, can't vote, can't own a gun if you're on probation, all these things. So they're trying to really take those most active, you know, politically inclined people for whatever voters off of the records, you know, and that that's a that's a ploy. That's a definite tactic. I always tell people, Joe, man, I believe J6ers across the board should be elected to these positions that these other clowns are in because, you know, they're the good guys. The, the, the J6ers are the good guys, like I said, and I would trust anyone. I don't care if they broke glass or if they shoved a cop down because he was pushing somebody. I don't care. I would vote for any of them over any politician that is in Washington, D.C. or any state at that point because they fight for us. They know what is good and what is bad, and they're willing to make that stand. Our politicians, eh, not so much. Hey, fam, you want to help keep this podcast going and support this endeavor of being an obnoxious prick to those that want to enslave us? Then check out mammothnation.com and use the 30% discount code of FreedomJ6. Mammothnation.com is a shopping market online that is a frontline competitor to Amazon. They do not help any of the companies that are pushing China into the forefront. They stay away from leftist causes. They vet all of the producers and um, merchants on their site for veteran-owned companies and companies that are friendly to our patriot movement. So go to mammothnation.com and snub your nose at Amazon. Use the discount code of FreedomJ6 and get 30% off. You can also get a sweet deal with makehoneygreatagain.com. Promo code FREEDOM. That way they know who sent you. Get a one pound raw bottle that looks like Donald Trump, which is hilarious. And honey is just amazing. So promo code FREEDOM. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. And if you're looking for merch, go to P2P Printing. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, printing.com and forward slash Pianon. You can get all the Sing for Freedom gear that your heart desires. And it is going to help make patriotism sexy again. P2P Printing.com slash Pianon. Hey, you bring up a good point. The uh, FBI, the DOJ, the, you know, the other side have attacked those that were willing to speak up and fight for what's right and to have the motivation to, you know, honor their oath, for example, or to be out in front to speak up for what the rest of America was thinking of, you know, protecting election integrity, of protecting freedom of speech. And some went to just protect people physically. Yes. Uh, we just interviewed Uh, a guy by the name of Chris Alberts and his sole intention was to go there and, you know, support the president and kind of see the rally because he lived right close to it. But he went there understanding that Antifa and other groups um, tend to attack Trump supporters. And so he went with the idea that he was going to defend people that from being hurt. And the fact that they went after that group of people, the, the ones that were willing to initially speak up and had that motivation um you know it's sort of their version of chopping the snake off the head or head off the snake because then it also silences the rest of america and they're saying if you speak out against us this could be you that's right and i'm 
completely floored by how many J6ers, how many that they have arrested are veterans. Those that swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. And then they say that we're trying to overthrow the government, completely negating the fact that Trump was still in power. So none of us would have benefited from overthrowing the Trump administration. That's right. That's right. You know, but that's part of their false narrative. Yeah, people don't understand that. You know, they, they uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, insurrection. Yeah, that's to overthrow who's in power. So it made no sense for us to go and overthrow Trump. He was still in power. He had 20 more days or 14 more days or whatever to go. January 20th, why are we going to go in there and throw him out? That would be counterproductive. But, you know, people can't use that kind of logic. It's just like, hey, why didn't the cops tell us there's a pop bomb, you know, there or whatever. But Chris Alberts, man, what a hero. What a story. And, I don't think people by and large have ever heard his name and and, and the, the funny thing is his case would probably affect individuals more than anything and and it's just been kind of swept under the rug now i had him on the show a year and a half ago i guess and he also witnessed derek vargo getting pushed off the wall he witnessed uh benjamin phillips and the negligence from the police in rendering aid to him because uh, he's a combat medic and he was trying to help and they were denying him and then they made the people basically just carry benjamin phillips body out of the area and then chris also witnessed officer sicknick later in the evening and offered to render aid to him as well and the police denied him he said i'm a combat medic and this guy is having a stroke his face is white and his lips are blue please let me treat him and they said mind your own business and a couple of hours later sicknick finally collapsed now the medics that got to his body said that none of the police around him knew why he had collapsed well folks that means there's no blood that means there's no head injury chris didn't see one rod taylor didn't see a head injury when he took sicknick to the police at three o'clock 7 30 chris didn't see a head wound 10 o'clock the medics didn't see a head wound what does that tell you there's not a head wound that whole story about sicknick was the biggest lie and you know what if you're gonna do a crime the best place to hide the body is right out in the open right so in standing with that theme they hid sicknick's body in the rotunda there at the capitol for three days as a martyr and then they hid his body in Arlington National Cemetery as a hero for the left and his mom hates me bless her heart I really wish that she would read the story about her son to find out what really happened to him I guess she's going to continue to live in this denial and I, I feel sorry for her. I can't imagine the pain and the loss but imagine her pain when she finds out she's been lied to about his death for two years I would rather rip that band-aid off and get her on our side then let her continue to suffer under the lies of this administration. And if you don't believe me, just like I said, watch the video of Roseanne Boylan getting beaten to death and then ask yourself, does that look like a drug overdose? So we can't believe any of what the coroner said. He's the same coroner that weighed in on the George Floyd verdict with the other coroner and overruled. The first coroner said, hey, it was drug overdose. Cop had nothing to do with it this coroner mitchell says what you should have never put that out definitely had definitely the cop wasn't drugs and this is the same guy now that's saying oh yeah two heart attacks didn't say anything about a hand grenade oh and a drug overdose you mean she got drug over 
and then stomped and then beaten. There's a big difference. And people really, I, I believe, dude, they're going to be just so mad when they get the truth. I, I hope that, uh, I don't know, I'm stocking up on, on tar. I think there's going to be a run. I've got plenty of pillows around here, so I'm in good shape. <laughs> you have definitely been a, a warrior out here fighting for all of the J6 families, the defendants, and, uh, you know, I, I know you have your website of stophate.com. I, I definitely recommend my audience to go check that out and see firsthand exactly what happened. Um, it's not just footage that you've gathered uh, or that you've filmed, but it's, it's stuff that you have gathered from everybody else's uh, sources as well. People have submitted um, video from their cameras that they filmed that day. I know when I first came across you, I handed over all my video to you. It was like, here, if you can use this to help anybody, yes. you know, have at it. And uh, yes. you know, you have been out there and out front and, and really like in, you're in the middle of this entire community of J6 family um, as an advocate for our side. Um, yeah. But more along the lines of the advocate for the truth. It's just we're on the right side. So That's the right. truth help, helps all of us. That's right. Um, so I can't commend you enough for as, as much as you have been doing and uh, are currently doing. Um, what kind of give us a hint as to what some of your, your current endeavors, what are you working on right now? Well, I've got a big event at the end of the month. I don't do a lot of events. I don't get a lot of invitations. It's kind of funny how that works. But um uh, March 25th in Frisco reckoningfest.com. It's going to be pretty cool. Chris Eric's puts on a real gala, man. It's going to be a, uh, black tie kind of deal, all fancy and stuff. So I'm excited. We're going to be pushing the prisoner's book out there. Um, trying to get their stories to the public more. All these links are at stophate.com pretty much on the front page or on the J six tab. Um, there's calls to action, man. That's what I keep pushing. Um, I am planning to take a trip pretty soon to uh, DC. Uh, man, I just know that that whole that whole nest of vipers works on blackmail, and and I just can't help but want to get in on that a little bit. And I, I just really, I really want to go to DC and say, hey guys, let my people go, or at the end of the month. Uh, now, I'll give you the end of March, but April 1st is going to be your day if you don't do what we say and, and release our people. I think it's the time for Moses to go to D.C. and say, set my people free. Literally, I just, nobody's put an ultimatum on him and said, here's the deal. If you don't do this by this and this date and, and satisfy me, then I'm going to make it bad for you. And I promise you, I promise you, every senator, every congressman will be in jail. I have what it takes. And if they want to play the blackmail thing, that's fine. But play it with somebody else, not my people, not our people, not J6ers. They don't deserve that. They didn't sign up for that. And uh, other than that, man, we, we've been encouraging people to buy that book and, and share it with your library. You know, buy an extra one. We're doing the yellow ribbon thing, trying to get a book for every congressman, every senator, so they're aware. So then we can say, hey, you know, now you're aware of these things. You need to report them as the murders that they are or you're complicit you're culpable you're you're guilty and we'll go into that later brother but man I, i'm just excited to see the the light that's been put on it we may not be happy with everything about the the mccarthy video situation but it's a start and and these people see it as a a, a light of hope a little glimmer and and we'll take that and we'll run with it and try to make it bigger that's why we always just ask people to share our stuff it doesn't cost anything to share 
and of course for those that are in a better position we can always use the help man i could do a lot more if i had more resources that's just the truth and i've tried to be a a really good steward of everything and i'm like you brother you know people call us for help all the time and we can't say no so you you, you people can rest assured that python myself and other j6ers we help other j6ers when they need help and they help us that's the way this goes we just need a bigger family and if anybody up there can you know help support our team and what we do in this mission you know stophate.com/support you can also just click the support tab on our website there's a couple of different ways to help but mainly it's the the cost of action these people need the help right now more than i do yeah i need to keep helping them but god provides and i just don't want them to feel forgotten or that they're not appreciated because they are so much and and we just the public hasn't had a, ch- a chance opportunity to to know how much we should honor and respect these people they are founding fathers material they didn't even know it when they went there that day but this is who has basically risen from the ashes these people are heroes and you are too brother i can't tell you how much pride i have in you and your decisions your your discernment and your courage man it's just a an amazing thing to behold man and i i really appreciate you having me on here man i i i love talking to you every chance i get well absolutely and the honor is all mine sir you're a, like i i meant it in the beginning i've looked up to you and tried to model after uh, what you've been doing as well with um you know your positivity and trying to bring unity within this community and growing this family uh, the the book that you had mentioned uh, just to kind of refresh my audience that is a book that we had spoken about previously is the American Gulag Chronicles you go to uh stop hey you can find it um but also american gulag chronicles uh, com yes. and also on on my website we have uh, a link there you can click to be redirected to their site and get the book That's and my site of course is uh sing the number four freedom.us and uh, that goes you know to help with the j6 families and the book itself is just it's a work of art um i was given a, an early print um by tim rivers uh, he's an absolutely wonderful wonderful patriot absolutely he wrote he wrote a little message inside the cover for me and um a personalized message which yeah. is yeah is is beautiful but i didn't even make it 8 pages into that book before i started tearing up reading the stories and the yeah. first hand accounts of the guys that are locked up in prisons right. from the the letters that they've been writing out to uh to those that were writing to them because of patriotmailproject.com which yes. is just a truly godly ministry um and, you know we actually had Paula Callaway and Marie Goodwin on in a previous episode yeah i promote them every chance that i get and from day 1 i've i've been screaming from the rooftops that that's the place to go and uh for anybody that is in the audience that is involved in January 6 and you're not part of this community you do not have to bear this burden alone like there are right. tons of people out here that want to help lift this cross that has been thrown upon our shoulders and can get many different aspects of help and you know can point you in the right direction to get legal defense or to get you know into doing research for your case and you know helping set up a give send go um or whatever status uh you may be in within your your court case um you know there's many avenues in which they can provide assistance guidance but if anything else the community the the love and the camaraderie of folks that are 
suffering and enduring through the same thing as as you so please reach out um you know i mentioned the same sites i just mentioned before you know you can reach out to stop page will definitely help uh, put you in the right direction patriotmailproject.com get involved in that and letters will come flowing in from americans and showing their support um, you can reach out to me on the website at info at singforfreedom.us shoot me an email and i'll point you in the right direction because we're all in this together so yeah. anybody out there that that is looking for that you're you're not by yourself you actually have an entire nation standing with you so don't don't hesitate to reach out that's right we are yeah. here to support each other in every single way there's a hotline if you're a j6er and you need help and you're scared that's okay we'll talk to you and 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 share our love and support with you 833 saved j6 feel free to reach out there's support groups there are counselors there's people that, that will help and there's monetary support we're trying to build a bigger network to really take care of everybody so just know that you're not alone there is hope and we are going to win that uh hotline that's with um american patriot relief dot org correct yes it is okay yep yeah, yeah they're uh their story uh, alone um it it's truly inspirational yes. uh, so yeah that's one eight three three saved s-a-v-e-d j6 that's right and i have already known uh, several people that have called into there because the weight of the federal government on someone's shoulders can be overwhelming and to know that they can reach out at any time it it's a godsend you know we've had too many suicide um, of j6ers that have taken their life because the the weight is too much um i, I hate yeah. to be the, the bearer of bad news brother but we are up to eight suicides really yeah yeah we've had eight suicides that does not include the four policemen that they say killed themselves and you know the, these are just j6ers normal people that have not found the support group yet did not know we existed did not know there were family members out here we're trying to reach out to those lost j6ers anybody that has social media or anything just say hey if if you're a j6er and you need help please put that number three three saved j6 or put stophate.com or just put something put sing for freedom and pie listen that sing for freedom thing has been amazing i see that uh you got robbed I want to talk about that just real quick if you got time. Yeah, I got all the time in the world, brother. Did you see Cash Patel put that deal out? Oh, yeah, the uh, Justice for All, hashtag J6PC, which is the prison choir. Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I think it is wonderful that Trump has embraced Sing for Freedom. Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever I was at CPAC, I tried to get a hold of Cash Patel. I, I approached him three separate times and said, "Hey, I'm a J6 defendant. I, I'd just like to have a second. And he, oh no, I, I can't. And he would go off, which I get it. He's a busy man, and I'm a nobody. Whatever. But I wanted to talk to him about the J6 uh, Justice for All song, and the reason is, I actually heard it coming out. I, I um, the day that it was produced i ended up getting a hold of a copy of it and i wanted to let them know like hey we've been doing this for two years so yeah. let's let's work together you know what i mean yeah. like you guys want to take the monetary to help do all you i'm like i'm not here for yeah. you know making gain it's all about spreading that awareness getting america involved because 
I mean, it does a few things. It revitalizes patriotism. You know, I noticed for years people have been whispering that they love their country, and that's unacceptable. Sure. sure. But it brings awareness to what the men and women in the prisons, as well as other defendants that are out here, what we're going through. Mm-hmm. But the most important part, and this is at least to me, my favorite part is that it shows the families and the inmates that they are not alone. You know, I've, I've said this for a long time. They were in solitary confinement. Nobody was speaking about him. And, you know, other than like small groups, like, like you know, in the little sequestered corner of the Internet, like Telegram, like you and Pete Creature Mail Project. But, you know, they weren't hearing anything of it. And then they heard that people, America, patriots across the entire country were singing with them every night. That gave them such great hope and, and inspiration to just endure and fight and to not give up that's right um we actually interviewed john mellis in the uh and he's in, in the dc gulag and you know he thanked me uh, numerous times i even told him like hey i'm not here to promote sing for freedom i just want you to get your voice out there but yeah he's like no i i have to he's like you yeah. helped us through the darkest time of our confinement and when we were all stuck in solitary you know that that is my motivation. I probably listened to that clip of my episode and I'm not trying to sound narcissistic or anything, but I probably listened to that little clip 50 times at least. Oh. And I have teared up and choked up every oh. single time. I'm telling you, man. And listen, the gratitude from these people is genuine to be loved and supported is something that they're just not accustomed to. Sadly enough, it's like our Vietnam vets came home and they were all bad people. And we wanted to ignore this is, these J6ers aren't the bad guys. And, you know, for them to feel that way, you know, and be punished for something that they didn't do any wrong, you know, that it's just unbearable. But the Cash Patel thing, I was I was pretty upset. I'm, I'm hoping that I don't get uh, shoved off into oblivion and that, you know, like I said, that we maybe I can reach out to them and we can collaborate. They have the yeah. song that they produced, but yeah. the campaign that I that I pushed out there is to get the rest of America involved and so to have a central song to use as that uh, catalyst to get people involved with it you know that's 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 really that that's why I'm I'm upset though brother he didn't mention anything about that he didn't mention the campaign he didn't mention how people can help get a part of it he didn't mention the hashtag that they put hashtag sing for freedom he didn't mention that that recording was by request for Angel Harrelson to record it and that we put it on Cowboy Logic and that you picked up this whole campaign for Sing for Freedom that it's already even been in the Trump deal when he was speaking. All these places, there's a history. There's there's like a respect level that when people, and for him, I was watching him on Steve Bannon and he said, you know, we thought that this would be a great way you know it's been so long and we wanted to really do so well it's been two years thanks for finally showing up secondly he said we captured this song who'd you capture it from me or angel or cowboy logic or or the other people that stole it from us because that's what's happened within this community we've had these grifter type situations that keep taking away support from J6ers. I got on to Julie Kelly and Tucker Carlson the other day and said, I guess y'all forgot to say how to actually help the people. I mean, you got millions of people watching. They're they're interested in J6 like never before. How about a little support? Oh, but the next day Julie's like, hey, all that hubbub about J6, I'm back on the top 30 Amazon list. Woohoo, I'm making money basically. Woohoo, look at me. You're no friend of ours. 
the, I, I don't I don't understand how you can be that person to, to not say look at it look at all the attention the J6ers are getting no it's look how many books I'm selling how disgusting and these are people that are supposed to be helping us and yet have you heard anyone in any major media anywhere talk about the fact that the first time in America for the very first time there's a gulag there's a gulag and there's guys in it and they have their own book and it's the letters from have you heard Tucker say or Julie say that nobody big has talked about the fact that there's been a historical document made in America because look if Tucker got on there the other night and said look guys this is horrible what they're doing to all these prisoners there's more prisoners here's how you can help go to lettersfromprison.us or go to americangulagchronicles.com or go to stophate.com or go anywhere send them somewhere look a million people if if we sold a million books we would have a war chest and we could help these people in such you talk about breaking up this legal system you talk about winning some court case you talk about supporting some families and, and putting some points on the board we could afford that you're talking millions of dollars by making one little comment here's how you can help it wouldn't cost you a thing tucker now julie might not sell as many books sorry but haven't you sold enough i mean this is the thing people that make money off of the j6ers back i have no respect for look just like cash patel look hey we thought this would be great we want it to be the number one top selling song that's great i appreciate the attention but the next thing out of his mouth and we're even selling t-shirts and this money is going to help the j6 families well which ones cash because here's my thing if you're using something to make money with are you paying each and every prisoner whose song was on that recording whose voice was on that song are you paying all those guys out of your pro proceeds are you paying angel that that got the recording for you're paying ken that 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 recorded it for i mean are you paying the actual people or are you just ripping them off like every other talking head because that's what i get so frustrated with it. that's where that's where my rub is with all these people look that little bit of support the little bit of grifters the other people selling books all this takes away from the support that the j6ers need and deserve it's money that they don't have that they can't pay lawyers they can't afford anything but public defender they can't eat because they don't have commissary they have prison food they can't make phone calls they didn't have a haircut or a shave for a year they didn't have family visitation at all no human touch for two years when is enough enough for these politicians and these people that just want to profit off of our pain that's where i have a hard time because look cash patel all these people i've never been on bannon or dinesh or julie they don't talk about the real stories because they're dripping out this information prove me wrong but i see this as propaganda spot and paid for i mean look at trump you know he couldn't say anything about roseanne's story until jack basovic put a story out or julie goes on steve bannon to kind of lay down ground fire and say oh there's this other lady that died besides ashley and then he comes out and says oh yeah here's kara's thing on, on there's this other lady that's only because we keep putting the pressure on these people there would be nothing known about j6 if it was not for people like yourself and me that keep putting these stories out and won't go away and won't quit because see they forgot dude we're j6ers
we never surrender. Amen to that one. And uh, it is because of Americans like yourself, you know, my listeners, your your audience that spread that information, they right. share the stories, they share the truth, they push out the videos and they say, look, the news, the talking heads, the mainstream, mainstream propaganda media says this, but here's video proving otherwise. Yes. And that is the power of the people. We, yeah. the people, are powerful. Our voice matters. And that's why, you know, big tech, et cetera, is always trying to silence us. They want to push a narrative and the truth defeats that. You know, they, they push lies and they twist the truth to fit their that's little right. agenda. And so I, you know, tell you folks, share this stuff out there. Get this truth. Don't listen to whatever some politician or some talking head on TV is telling you. Don't even listen to us. Look yeah. for it yourself. Go to stoppaid.com. Check out the videos. See firsthand. Hear from the inmates inside the jail. Um, listen to the podcast. Hear straight from their voice. You know, we try to interview them as, as often as we can. Um, right. I, I have a little trouble getting access sometimes considering I'm a J6er myself. But yeah. You know, we uh, for the second anniversary of J6, um, I went through and, and interviewed like 23 of the guys inside. Yes. And, you know, put out a, a two part episode for that because their voice is what matters. Their sure. account, their experience, they were there. That's they right. weren't hiding behind a camera and then editing and splicing up of footage to make their story the way that they wanted it. Right. They come out there and they plead from their heart saying, look, this is what's going on. I appreciate all the people that try to tell the story of J6, but you can tell a difference between someone who's been there or not. You can just tell. I was listening to a guy earlier and I really appreciate him, you know, trying to go through it and everything. But I was thinking to myself, you weren't there and, and you're doing a, you know, pretty good job. I kind of hear where you, but you got that, you know, and there's this and there's that, but it's not about the details. Sometimes it's about the passion too. And I was like, he's got that, but you weren't there. And, and that's the thing people have to understand. Look, everybody's scared. And, and, and look, I don't want to support these guys in the fundraiser because then the government's going to have my information. I get it. Look, they did it to the Canadians. They did it to the Brazilians. They do it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the deal. But listen, we could live like that if we, if we choose fear, if we choose to cow down and just take what we take, take our plea deal and just move down the street. But my wife said something the other day that, that really stuck with me. And she said, you know, a lot of times we do things and they're scary or, or, or we think, you know, that's, that's a pretty intimidating thing and it, it's scary. She said this, do it scared. Just do it scared. You know, a lot of people in the J6 community are having to just do it scared every day. But I'll be damned if we don't do it. A famous Ronald Reagan quote is, courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is noticing your fear and doing the right thing anyway. That's right. That's right. Well said, brother. Is there anything else that you would like to, to share before we wrap this up? Hey, man, just for, you know, everybody to, to stay hopeful and, and helpful. I think, you know, that's been our name for years and years on social media is help stop hate, especially Twitter. And we just want to help people wherever they are. Um, our, our J6ers are in a place, um, you know, where Americans have never been and uh, they need the help, you know, more now than ever. And, and I just want that rally cry for these folks because, man, they're hurting. And like I said, the numbers keep going up in a bad way for us. And 
we need an end to this. I'm tired of the the argument. I'm tired of the the distraction and the diversion of release the tapes, release the tapes, release the tapes. We need to release the people. And that's it, man. So free the people is what we're all about. Um I'm all about holding this government accountable. Even Trump the other day said that they should be charged with treason. I want people out there to understand I didn't make up that word. I didn't make up the consequences for that word. So don't be mad at me if I start using that word for the proper medicine to cure this ailment. But I'm I'm afraid that that shock and awe that they've been telling that they want to bring down on our heads is really what needs to happen to prevent like the government said this from ever happening again. The problem is we didn't know what happened, some of us did, but the public by and large didn't know until now. And I hope that they find the the proper motivation to step up as true Americans and do the horrible dirty task that needs to be done in the right moment to rectify this, to set the record straight, to write history and to move forward as a god-fearing human respecting nation. Right now, you know, we condemn other countries that that do these things to their citizens. I suggest we condemn this administration, this government, and I'm not about overthrowing the government. I love the system. I love the competition, but I literally loathe the criminals who have hijacked it from us and I believe that until the American people have had enough and I I want this to motivate you to say enough is enough and it's time for us to take that place and to step into that position and to answer that call support these people it will put you in the spirit and listen if you want to donate some money to one of these guys or you want to write some letters I suggest you go to you know patriotmailproject.com and and pick somebody from your state adopt a couple of people and then flip over and and uh, go to the Department of Defense there on stop hate find their gifts and go send them a couple of dollars and and tell them in the letter look I've adopted you I want to make sure that you're fed and I want to make sure you got warm clothes in the winter I want to make sure that you know you've got whatever you need in there while you're there serving your time for me we're here to help you and help your family through that we're going to keep supporting you until this is over until we're free again that's what we need from the people and that's that's been our whole mission the whole time so stophate.com/j6 has all those calls to action the prayer group the letter writing the petitions the the congress connections the everything that you can imagine that we've ever been able to put together is is on stophate.com/j6 and and this is all about just you know giving those J6ers that big hug that they need right now I and mean, they've been through the ringer for us. They they've done all this for us. If they could have chosen not to chosen not to do this, I'm sure that they wouldn't have have picked this out of their own free will, but you know, they didn't cow down. They didn't bend like like wet cardboard folded up, you know, when the government tried to mow them over, they stood for us and they continue to do that. They're not going to bend the knee. They're not going to take the plea by and large. These men want to fight for our freedoms. I suggest we get behind them in the biggest way. Put a lunch in their account, put a car payment in their account, put a house payment in their account. Buy them something that you can do without. Put that money in their accounts and help their families and their children and just get plugged in. And that's that's the main thing and 
like I said, it's it's all about the community. We're building a big, huge family, and, and I would love to see us take over the political world and put J6ers in every office around the country and and really change the face of America for good good change in a good way. But you know, it's going to take enough people, and right now our, our numbers are growing. And I just suggest everyone share all the information you can. Everything at Stop Hate is free. And I just want you to not once don't go on there and pick a movie and share it one time. Go in there and share stuff multiple times a day and then go back and do it again and go back until it makes people mad. You know, just keep saturating this market with this information because people don't have it. You'll talk to people every day. They have no clue what's going on. That's a travesty. That's underperformance on purpose by our media and our government to silence these voices of freedom so help us in that fight sing for freedom every night write some letters throw a couple bucks in their account make it a monthly deal you know stay with it stick with these guys two plus years guys two plus years and they're not giving up they're still here we just need to support them up so pi brother man i appreciate you so much having me on here man this is always always good to chat with you man i, I, I can't thank you enough for the for the campaign you know, it's been great to watch. Yeah, it's my honor, sir. And if it's a little piece that I can do to help in this in this fight, you know, I'm just a small fish in a big pond. Now, real quick, I do want to put something into perspective for folks. These court cases, the government has arrested over a thousand so far, and they say they're coming after at least two thousand more. That's right. But the, these cases are going to set court precedent for generations to come on how our justice system is able to treat us as citizens, how the justice system will be able to treat our unalienable rights, the Bill of Rights, our Constitution. These cases that they are trying to silently push under the rug are going to set the future and the course of our country to come for your kids and their kids and theirs for the rest of as far as we are gonna know. And I'm reminded January 6th is reflective of the days of the civil rights movement because those that stood up against the establishment back then to speaking out for civil rights and for human rights, they were demonized, they were infiltrated, they were arrested, they were beaten by police, their lives were destroyed. And now we look back on those that fought for our civil rights in this nation as heroes. We look back to the civil rights movement with reverence and respect. Dr. Martin Luther King is held up on a pedestal for the great sacrifices and choices that he helped our nation make to move into the brighter era that we live now. Our nation's not perfect. We've made mistakes, but from those mistakes, we have grown, we have improved, and we have unified more as the people of America than ever in our history. And this is the time that we are in as well right now. Yeah. So folks, don't do nothing. In the great words of Jer- Jeremy Brown, the J6er, don't do nothing. Love it. Anything that you're passionate about, get out there and get involved. If you can donate, please donate, donate generously. If you can't and you can pray, pray. You want to write letters, you want to get involved, go to the calls to action page on stophate.com, or you can go to my affiliates page and see the groups that have different uh, 
ways that you can assist, whether it's writing letters or making phone calls or attending the vigil outside of the jails across this country. Yes. You name it, there's a hundred different ways that you can do something, anything. And every little bit goes a long way. Local action will create a national impact because we, the people, are what make America great. So yes. if you want to make America great again, we, the people, need to stand up for freedom. And the J6ers are the front line of that fight. Yes, they are. More so than ever, that's becoming acutely aware. Whenever you have the government lying this hard and trying to cover up this much about one little group of people, I mean, who gave Biden and Pelosi the right to make another class of citizen? Because I keep asking people, when do we get our own water fountains? Man, this is civil rights in reverse. We can't do anything else. So I guess we're going to have our own water fountains soon. But yeah, just keep putting a light on it, my brother. You're doing a fine job and uh, can't thank you enough for all you do. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, real quick before you head out, let our audience know uh, where they can find you in social media. Yeah, social media, it's easy. Just go to stophate.com slash follow. And uh, we've had to do a couple of different names because Stop Hate, of course, seems like a leftist thing. So some help Stop Hate, some make America Stop Hate. There's but uh, stophate.com slash follow. And uh, like I said, share everything you can as often as you can. And uh, thank you much. I mean, you hear it time and time again. The video footage is out there. We're being lied to. It is not just because somebody is trying to get away with something. You hear patriots across the entire nation saying the same thing. The government is lying about what happened on January 6th. And there were two million witnesses. Tons of video footage that's just out here in the ether. But they refuse to look at it. They try to hide the body cam footage and the official government cameras. But in all honesty, we don't need their footage to prove what happened on January 6th because of the hundreds of thousands of cell phone footage that's out there. There's tons of video taken by us, we the people, Americans. Now, does the official footage help in court to exonerate? Yes, but the courts have been hiding it and that's a huge problem in its own. So if you have any footage Share it. Get it out there. Submit it to us at uh, singforfreedom.us. Submit it to stophate.com. And if you want to get involved, you want to help, by all means, do so. There's a lot of ways out there. Visit our uh, Donate to J6ers page on the website of sing4freedom.us. Or also, go visit stophate.com. There's a calls to action page, the Department of Defense page on his website. All of this is designed to help the January 6 inmates, defendants, and their families. As Americans, we need to stand together. So until next time, remember, the Brandon administration ain't got nothing on we the people because we're Americans and it's going to stay that way. Oh, say can you see